welcome to Hillcrest Church Audio. We hope today's message will help you grow. Uh, missionaries, and his wife will be here in a moment. Can I welcome up Joey Kelly, the Joey from before? <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you, Christian. I'm not sure, like, when Hillcrest was in staff meeting and thinking about the Mother's Day speaker, how I came to mind, but here we are. It's mostly because of this, I think, but, um, yeah, it's super fun to be here. The last time I was in this room on a Sunday was February 2020, so it's fun to be back here in person. Um, Again, do want to wish Happy Mother's Day to you. Acknowledge again, like, it's a, a wide range of emotions on this day. Um, for some, it's a very joyous day. For some, it can be a challenging day. Um, so we grieve with you if, you if it's a difficult day, but we celebrate with you if it's a joyous occasion. Um, as Christian said, my name is Joey, and not the Joey that was here before, but the, this is the actual Joey. But, um, and uh, I've been a Chi Alpha missionary for the past eight years. Um, which you might not know that because here locally we go by CCF or UCM. Um, and I've been here at Whatcom for the last eight years, and we, my family and I are in process to travel to a state just south of us in Oregon at the University of Oregon. So we are swapping cheering for orcas for cheering for ducks and Nike. So um, my family's been in Hillcrest for a while. In fact, Davielle, my wife, actually grew up here as a kid, um, and uh, so she has a long history here. I've been here ever since I was interested in dating Davielle about 10 years ago. We'd get rides to church, and uh, hey, as long as they get in the church, right? Like, that's all that matters, and I was stuck. Um, yeah, so here's our Easter photo up on the many screens we have, because um, the last time I was here, was February 2020, like I said, and there was only three of us, and now there are four. And so Marcus is our COVID kid, as we affectionately call him, for March 1st, 2020, and Chloe is about to turn three um, uh, in a couple weeks. There's been an interesting development in our family. Um, My wife and I are not big dog people which I know is probably not how I should start off this because there are probably many dog people and you don't want to alienate your audience. But we aren't very big dog people, but somehow we have the two most dog-loving kids of all time. And so how we have often spent our COVID experience is a lot of walks. And we have recently befriended just a block from our house these two dogs called Cash and Cora. And on the daily... Chloe will ask us, can we go see if the dogs are out? Can we go see if the dogs are out? Or if we're on a walk, anytime she sees a dog, it's drop everything. Can we go pet the dog? And Marcus, too, when he gets up to the dog and sticks his hand to the fence to try to, well, it's not really petting, it's more like grabbing, but try to pet the dog, he just does this, like, excited, like, laugh that he only does with dogs. My kids, love, they will drop everything in their, their deepest passion, our dogs, even though we are not. And we're going to look at this story um, of Jesus, the one that Christian just mentioned about, the loaves and fishes. And we're going to see 
Jesus' deep, deep passion for mission. In the same way, he will just drop everything when there is an opportunity for mission. And so, as we say here, right, grab your Bibles and your pen and your notebook, and let's look at this story. So we'll be in Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 10. Luke 9, verse 10. When the apostles returned, or returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. So don't think is the answer they expected because they said, Hey, but we only have five loaves of bread and some fish. So unless we go and buy food for the crowd, there are about 5,000 men were there. But Jesus said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups about 50 each and make sure they are masked, socially distanced, and their hands are raw with hand sanitizer, right? (laughs) The disciples did so, and everyone sat down, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, and he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Jesus is gripped by mission. He loves it. He cannot help himself. When there are missional opportunities, when there are needs set before him, he will drop everything to live missionally, to love others, and to serve people. Jesus and the disciples, they were off on their retreat. They've been traveling, exhausted, tired, doing a lot of these missional things already. So they're off on a retreat, probably ready to take a nap, which, as a parent of young kids, is like the prized possession. Like, you do not mess with a nap. They're off to take a nap, but the crowd follows them. And he stops what he does. He pauses the retreat and he says, I'm going to go care for these people. He's not grumpy about it. He welcomes them. He tells them the good news of the kingdom and he heals them. I love this, that a fatigued Jesus is still enthralled by mission. Fatigued Jesus is still enthralled by mission. And then, he doesn't even stop there. He spends all day with them, doing these things, caring for them, loving them. And everybody's getting hungry, right? They all need a Snickers bar. They're just, it's it's just probably time to send them home. And the disciples, who I very much identify with, who have also been living this missional life, who are also very much looking forward to retreat and a nap, say, hey, we should probably send them home before we have a riot on our hands of hungry people. And Jesus still, he sees another need, another chance for mission, another way in which he can care for the people. And he says, no, 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 no. Don't send them home. What do you got? Oh, we got a couple loaves and fishes. Again, we should probably send them home. We cannot feed this many people. Then, no, 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 no. Bring that to me. 
He wasn't intimidated by the giant hungry crowd and their overwhelming need for food. He didn't see the couple of loaves and fishes as a means to an end of the day. But he saw them as a means to mission. He saw it as a means to meet a tangible need of the people. Jesus is gripped by mission. He sees a couple loaves and fishes and he says, bring it. Bring it. In Chi Alpha, in campus ministry, CCF, UCM again, if you hear me say Chi Alpha, think locally, CCF, UCM. We look at a college campus and we say, bring it. Even for some students, they'll look at their college experience and they see a couple loaves and fishes. Like it doesn't look like much. Like maybe it's, their, uh, it's just a means to getting a degree or a means to getting out of their parents' house. But for us, we say, bring it. There is so much missional potential on the college campus and in the life of a college student. And so I just want to talk about four areas of mission that we have in Chi Alpha and in CCF. Number one is reaching the lost. Number two is discipling the Christian. Three, welcoming the nations. And number four, transforming the next generation. So let's talk about the first one. I think we have a picture of my friend Dante. Um, Dante didn't grow up with any sort of background uh, in the church or knowing Jesus much. Um, he had a pretty tough growing up experience. Both of his parents were divorced, so he spent a lot of time just being pulled between his uh, two families. Um, and Dante spent a lot of his time playing basketball. His identity was in athletics and in, in basketball. And so, but the thing for Dante is, you know, he graduates high school and then he finds himself at Wacom Community College. And for an athlete, you don't dream of playing basketball at a community college. And so here he is, his first time living on his own, playing in front of an empty gym. There were more people in his high school gym than his college gym. Um, and his only friends are his, his other team, uh, teammates on the basketball team. And a couple months into his experience at Wacom, he loses his grandmother who was just near and dear to him. And so for the first time in Dante's life, he recognized and noticed his sense of lostness. And there are thousands of students on our campus, on our campuses, that are lost. And that need to know Jesus. Have been hurt by the church or have had no experience in the church. Or are just in need of people that want to love them well. And so our hope is to meet the Dantes. When we see the Dantes, we don't say, hey, that's just a couple of loaves and fishes, send it home. But we say, bring them to me. Number two, disciple the Christian. And this is where my own story comes to play. I grew up in a Christian family. I looked at this picture earlier today, and I forgot that I put this one. It kind of jarred me for a second. This was our small group. We were the ketchup core, which just means we wore red. Um, but I grew up in a, uh, uh, a Christian family, uh, going to church all the time, and uh, came to follow Jesus at like the age of eight, and baptized at the age of 12. 
But one of the challenges for me in my experience, I was a small church. I never had a group of peers that was passionate about Jesus with me. I mostly hung out with the adults because I thought their conversations were more interesting than some of my uh, people in my class. But I wrestled with having a Christian community. And so when I graduated high school, I started attending Everett Community College. And I hoped, like, this is the place that I'm going to finally have Christian community. And so I, I sign up for the Christian club, the only one that I could find on the website. And I just get crickets. Nothing the whole year. And that year, I just, I couldn't make any friends. And the friends that I did have were just a, a rough influence on my life. I was working and taking less and less classes on campus, isolated, lonely. And for the first time in my own life, I felt like my faith was fragile. And in fact, youth that grow up in the church, after they turn age 18... of them will leave their faith after high school. Thankfully for me, that wasn't my story. That would be a little bit weird if I was up here right now. But my best friend was coming up here to Western uh, at college here. And every picture that he was in was with this CCF Chi Alpha group. Every picture that I saw on social media was, was my friend Ryan and this group of people. And I thought, like, here I am, like, isolated and lonely at community college with no Christian community. I thought, like, that's the life that I want to live. And so I did one year. I just didn't get a transfer degree. I packed my credits that I had, and I transferred to Western. I move in on a Thursday. Classes start on a Tuesday. Before I had taken a single class, I was invited into a men's small group, and I met this six foot three, another guy named Ryan, redheaded, soft spoken, who came up to me and said, Joey, would you like to meet with me every week? We could study the Bible together. We could share life together. We might even confess our sins together. Before I had taken the class, my life had already been transformed by Chi Alpha, by CCF. And I spent the next few years where My time in college wasn't a time of leaving Jesus, but was a time of like a second coming to Jesus. And so we want to disciple the Christian. I know as we look at, you know, young families, right? I know the youth leaders and parents that work so hard. And my heart is to see us in Chi Alpha just come alongside and see students follow Jesus for a lifetime. Number three. Chi Alpha, we love international students. And I won't talk about this super long. Sarah, who's up here, is a, who, up here playing the keys, is an international campus pastor, CCF at Skagit. Find her after the service, and, and she'll talk all day about how much she loves international students. We love international students. The nations are coming to our campuses. In 2019, before the pandemic, there were a million international students studying in colleges here. At the University of Oregon, there were 2,400 international students from 99 countries on our campus. And they all want to meet an American friend, be in an American household. They are lonely and, and wanting to be in our, in our communities and in our friend groups. 
we have the chance to reach the nations from the campus. And just a quick prayer request. For the, the biggest group that has been affected by COVID has been international students. So this, this week, will you spend some time praying that they will return in droves to our campuses? Okay? There are not that many international students right now. Will you pray that they come back hungry for relationships? When we see international students, we say, bring it. We want them. And lastly, our dream is to shape the next generation. You do come across a few college people that are lifers, but most of the time it's for a season. Most of the time it's just for a season of life. I've been privileged um, in my own family to see how transforming someone's life in college can transform the next generation post-college. So this picture, uh, this is my mother-in-law, Shelly, and my father-in-law, Richard. Um, and they were both transformed in their time here at Western and CCF and Kaiapha. And in the years since college, they have not stopped loving people. Richard is a counselor, and he often uses his, his role in counseling to help heal and restore and lead people to Jesus. He's met with the same small group of guys post-college for years, every Saturday. And my mother-in-law, who sadly passed away about six years ago, but all the way up until she passed, she was leading women's Bible studies for years. She was transforming the, the, the high school that she taught at. And of course, both of them transform my wife and her sister and her brother, discipling them for years. So even in our own family lineage, even though they came from a difficult family background, they reshaped the next generation, not only in the places they worked and ended up, but even in their own family lineage. Like, I am here, my wife is here, because Jesus met them in college and transformed the next generation. I know for some, you can think of, like, you'd be concerned about what the next generation is going to look like in our culture. And it might feel like a couple loaves and fishes, but in Kaiapha, we want to say, oh, bring it to us. We want to shape the next generation. So, we reach the lost, disciple the Christian, love the international students, and want to reach the next generation. That's the the missional multiplication that we see on the college campus. The loaves and fishes transformed and multiplied to baskets full left over. So what about for us here? What does this mean for Hillcrest Church? As someone that's been here for a while, I know the culture. I have not met a more missionally minded, generous community than Hillcrest. Like, we thank you. We are so, like, you have lived this out. So just, I want to say thank you. And if you're new here, just know this is, like, what you're walking into. Missions Month truly is not just a May thing, but is a year-long thing here at Hillcrest. So you have already embodied and lived this out. But I think, especially as we walk out of a season of COVID and quarantine, there are more and more needs and opportunities for missions 
just sprouting up all over the place. And so my question for you is, what are the loaves and fishes opportunities around you? The places that might look like that's not going to be enough to satisfy, but maybe, maybe with Jesus' help, this is actually an opportunity for him to multiply and for him to reach and transform the people around me. Even though we already have a culture here at Hillcrest of living missionally, let us not grow weary of asking that question. Let us not grow weary of asking that question. So I want to close with this, just with one big prayer request, specifically for us in Chi Alpha and the University of Oregon. It was just announced uh, that this fall will be the return of in-person classes for students. And you want to talk about a hungry demographic. Students are hungry for relationships. Maybe for the first time, asking serious questions about life and identity and what they're doing in the future. They will be hungry come fall. So will you pray for the, not just, not just at the University of Oregon, pray it for Western, pray for Whatcom and Skagit and beyond. Will you pray, start praying for students to know Jesus through our community? I recently chatted with a former Chi Alpha director at the University of Oregon. He was there in the 90s and he said the first couple of years that I was there, we had no ministry fruit. Nobody came to know Jesus in that time. And it wasn't until I started meeting with churches and I got a thousand people praying that I started seeing real change. And so your prayers matter. I believe that if you pray with us in reaching the college campus, that we will see the lost saved, the Christian disciple, the international students welcomed, and we will shape the next generation. So thank you, Hillcrest, for loving us and for walking with us, and we love you guys, and we're going to miss you guys in Oregon, but we know we have a family here. Thanks for connecting with Hillcrest Church. For more info on this and other sermons, visit us online at hcbellingham.com, or join us at 9 or 11 a.m. any Sunday morning, 1400 Larrabee Ave, Bellingham, Washington.